All right, gang, we've got one of the true early adopters of live streaming here, but he's also somebody who's very much up on the latest technology. He's up on the law and how that impacts people who live stream. So if you're doing business online, we're going to talk about a lot of the things you need to know in order to keep yourself sane, keep your agreements sharp, and stay up to date on how anything legal that's that's really in the news right now is impacting how we go about doing business online. Also, our guest Mitch Jackson is going to have some communication tips for live streamers and content creators from his career as a trial lawyer and so much to do. We got a lot of fun stuff. We got a lot of video clips and highlights. We had the 100th uh birthday the 100th episode celebration i guess you would call it for the town hall got some clips from that some historical clips lots of fun things to do let's do a show Hey gang, Ross Brand here for StreamYard Connect. Welcome to another episode, episode 56. We're here every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to talk to Mitch Jackson, the streaming lawyer. Streaming.lawyer is actually his web address, and he's phenomenal. He and I have known each other since pretty much since before I think I started live streaming when I was just watching Mitch and others and saying, okay, this is something I've got to get online and do so can't wait to talk to mitch i see chad is here already jim fuse nancy's here good to see you a mutual friend james pruitt and so many others uh and thank you all for being here we're live on facebook on the Streamyard page we're live on youtube on the Streamyard channel and we're on periscope and twitter as well and you know, I was going to hold off on this maybe another week, uh, but it's snowing. It's snowing here, and let me bring in the, the screen share because I can't do this just on solo. So because it's snowing it, it right here in New Jersey where I am, and it's coming down and it's sticking, I might as well show you that we've got some, some cool backgrounds uh, for the winter and for the holidays. Uh, you have this with some snow, a snowball flying in the air, <laughs> and there's different variations of this. Some have the, uh, they have the logo, uh, that one probably not the best example. Let's put it there. You've got uh, the StreamYard logo with the duck wearing the Christmas hat, or if you think it's slightly early to be, uh, to be doing the holiday yet, then, you know, you can always go with the duck by itself, and again, there are plain versions and there's there's a few different versions in there it's really cool uh so that is going to be uh the background that one of the backgrounds that you can use based on where the screen share is i'm gonna go with this one and we'll we'll introduce the santa hat maybe next week or the week after we'll do some uh, giveaways as we get closer to christmas but right now we want to talk about live streaming because there's there's so much going on and uh, I've got to talk about the, the town hall because 100 episodes is, is quite an accomplishment and Gage and Dan are amazing, the co-founders. They've been showing up for us every week answering questions and sharing new features 
and it was a great time seeing the 100th episode. I put together a clip, uh, a, a series of clips. I'm not going to play the whole thing now. Um, I, I'll either play it later if we have time after we talk to Mitch, or uh, I'll give you a link to check it out. But let's go back and take a quick look at how it all got started and i slow my voice down so i can find the uh, actual clip what we do here is go back 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 everyone for tuning in to the first ever Streamyard town hall we're so excited to be doing this um this is actually one of the first few times dan and i have ever gone dan and i have ever gone live uh publicly we obviously do lots of uh test streams in private settings but we haven't done too many live ones Hopefully YouTube doesn't get you for copyright Anyway, the video goes on to go through some of the big announcements that they've made and some of the fun things that they shared over the first 100 episodes. Um, so that's the first two episodes and how it started. So let's take a look a lot more polished at the 100th episode and how that got underway. Hello, broadcasters. Welcome to episode number 100 of the StreamYard Live uh, Town Hall. My name's Gage, and I'm here with Dan, of course. Dan, how are you doing? Doing great, man. It's been a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah, triple triple digits. It feels like it, it doesn't feel that long ago that it was episode number one, but yeah, pretty cool. I guess we're just about at, at two years now, which is pretty awesome. Um, for, for anyone new here, uh, Dan and I are the, the founders of StreamYard, and uh, we, we do these town halls every single week, Sunday, 6 p.m. Pacific, and we do them for a few reasons. Uh, one is to stay in tune with you guys, go through the same you know, flow that you do and make sure we're using our, our own product. Uh, also to answer your questions, so if there's anything you'd like us to chat about tonight, do let us know. So that was how the town hall got started. It was a fun event Sunday night. If you're not watching the town hall, it's a great opportunity to ask the two co-founders, Gage and Dan, questions about StreamYard, find out the latest updates. And while the show was basically a celebration of the first 100 episodes and of the audience, uh, as there were a lot of giveaways and there was a highlight video from different StreamYard users, they also made some news about longer video clips. We do actually have um, a feature coming out this this week. I know we didn't put the announcement banner on there, but we thought it'd be cool to announce since it is uh, episode 100. Uh, we will have longer uh, and bigger video clips. So um, there's sort of, this is a two-parter. So this is specifically the video clip section. So uh, you'll be able to upload videos that are longer in length and in size. Um, you know, the first question is going to be like, well, what's the exact length and what's the exact uh, size? We're still deciding on the exact amount, but it will most likely be around uh, double, um, and there will be uh, a separate a separate feature for sharing videos directly from your computer as well. So as you may know, uh, if you're on the basic plan or pro plan, you can upload video clips that are under 100 megabytes and up to five minutes. And you can play them as I've been playing these clips right from within StreamYard. So uh, as Gage mentioned, they haven't decided yet and they're going to roll this out sometime before uh, Sunday, what exactly the length is, but expect at least that will double. But what was key there that he mentioned that I took away from that is there's going to be a way to play videos off of your computer as well, which I get the sense will be optimized and different than, say, 
doing it as a screen share. But for now, you can still do videos as long as you want to play, as long as you do it as a screen share. That can mean sliding the video into a Chrome browser, hitting play, making sure that you check that the audio is on, and you select when you do the screen share, you select Chrome browser versus, say, selecting application tab or select your whole screen. That's how you would play a longer video. But this is a huge leap forward. We'll be able to play much longer videos from within StreamYard. If you do a show that relies on playing pre-recorded clips, you now are going to have at least probably 10-minute long clips and 200 megabyte clips or more that you'll be able to play right inside the StreamYard studio. Also, uh, in the last couple of days, I noticed that StreamYard got this awesome review from Streaming Media, which is one of the real major publications in the live streaming, streaming media world, of course, and it's called Streaming Media. And it was uh, Anthony Barocas. I've seen him in the StreamYard group. He's been using the product a lot. He's a StreamYard producer himself doing uh, a lot of uh, remote broadcasts, and he really did a, a, a thorough run-through of the product on his own, and then he's been using it, and, and this review was sensational. It had a video with it as well as an article in streaming media, and one of the points that Anthony focused on was that you don't need a super-powered computer to do video if you're using StreamYard. A lot of video production requires specialized hardware, and usually that hardware is very expensive. You know, if you're using a software-based tool like OBS or vMix or Mimeo Live or anything like that, you need a decent-sized computer, you know, and that could be $1,000, $2,000, $5,000 to get it fully outfitted with all of the input-output you need to handle all of the things that it needs to do, plus the processing, the video card and everything, it can add up plus the cost of the software. Here, we're able to leverage online software, serve, uh, software as a service, as they say, and it has a low monthly cost, so you pay for it when you need it. Plus, I can access it with anything that has a browser. I don't need to have a high-end PC or Macintosh to be able to process all of these signals. That's all happening in the cloud. And that cloud solution is the key that differentiates StreamYard from so many other products that people use in producing video that require a lot more of your computer. These virtual solutions have really taken off and enabled content producers to handle things that they couldn't have handled before and handle them with an ease of production and an ease of integration that normally would have taken a whole lot more to be able to put together, but yet we're able to do it simply, cheaply, quickly and handle things on the fly like all of a sudden somebody says oh i have slides no problem share your screen and i can get it and bring it on and change the views that's the magic of these cloud solutions in that they're very flexible very adaptable and they enable us as producers to focus on just making sure the show looks good and not dealing with all the technical issues of like oh well i need a certain layout to handle the powerpoint slides from this person versus that person uh don't worry about it you know it's just part of the engine that's built in and so Anthony Barocas of Streaming Media and his company is Stream4.us concluded his review this. So I hope that this has helped someone out there 
who is, you know, sort of in a corner and looking for a solution that can help them bring together a remote production under a really tight budget, but still able to handle a lot of things. So that's Anthony Barocas. Again, Stream, the number four dot US is his company. He's a uh, live video producer, and you can find his articles at Streaming Media, streamingmedia.com. It's also a magazine, and you can say hello to him. Tell him uh, StreamYard Connect said hello and thank him in the chat, uh, in the uh, StreamYard community group on Facebook where he hangs out. Great, great article and wonderful review. He really caught the key points uh, about StreamYard, why we love using it, and how it's uh, just been a tremendously effective tool for people on all different budgets, all different sizes of computers, all different technical levels of know-how. And if you're not yet using StreamYard, come on. Livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard. Livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard. Before we bring on our guest, Mr. Mitch Jackson, attorney. This is somebody I've known for years, and I had on shows probably three or four times at least during the first year that I was live streaming. One of those times was in April 2016, right after... Twitter announced that it would be live streaming, uh, live streaming NFL football games. Few things could be bigger at the intersection of sports and, and live streaming than the NFL making a deal with Twitter to live stream 10 Thursday night football games. And what I see happening here is I see a live streaming app, a platform getting its foot in the door as it did last year because it was already affiliated with the NFL last year in making a play, an early play on mobile technology to watch the games so that it can position itself for future success. Last year, one-third of all NFL games were watched in one way or another on a mobile device or a mobile phone. And that statistic's mind-blowing when you think about it. This is just a great first turn of the knob, shall we say, that we saw back in the late 30s and early 40s to introduce the fans, the consumer, and the rest of America and the rest of the world to a whole new real-time bi-directional digital live streaming technology that's going to change everything. So buckle up because you're going to get a lot of great insights over the next 40 minutes. Let's welcome in our guest. He's uh, a supremely uh, confident and capable live streamer, super articulate. He's got a lot of business knowledge and knowledge of the law. He's also a good friend. And a lot more to say as he's very versatile. We'll get to all the different things he's doing. But let's bring in Mr. Mitch Jackson. Mitch, welcome. Ross, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Wow, what an amazing history. I love watching what StreamYard's done over the last uh, couple of years. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it allows us to do these broadcasts um with so so much easier so much more stable than any of the products at least that i used in the past unless i used a very sophisticated expensive solution that took hours to prep the show and all that but the ability for us to just hop on together about three minutes before go hey your audio sounds good video looks good oh you want to touch up your green screen there for a second and here we go 
it, it's pretty awesome that we're able to do this. It's pretty awesome. We're on different sides of the country. We've got mutual friends engaging with us in real time in the comments. You know, hi, Nancy, Barbara, Dana, Christian. It's just so much fun to tap into the power of, of live video and hopefully add value, hopefully add some entertainment, hopefully do so in a way that protects all of us and our guests from unnecessary claims and lawsuits. So that's why I'm excited to be on today's show, Ross. Exactly. And let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Mitch's background before we get into the things that we <laughs> should pay attention to when doing business online. Mitch is the California Trial Lawyer of the Year. He won two different, basically, litigation California of the Year awards. One was in 2009, one was in 2013. I don't remember which is which, but they both are number one in California, so that is a heck of an accomplishment. Mitch has just launched a virtual estate planning uh, venture, so if you are now, you're stuck at home and co during COVID, you don't want to be face-to-face -face with people, and you haven't really given a lot of thought to estate planning, this is an opportunity that he's providing. Of course, as I mentioned, Mitch is an early adopter of tech. He's also an author. The Ultimate Guide to Social Media is a phenomenal book that has close to 50, I think, leading social media and, and online creators and business people sharing their expertise along with Mitch, who curated it and also wrote several of the articles within or chapters within the book, sharing his expertise. And then there's something called the Top Secret Partner. You see the uh, the graphic on the screen, Mitch. What is that? And uh, what exactly are you doing with Ross? That's <laughs> Top that, isn't Secret? that isn't that all of our life story right there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, for those of you that are entrepreneurs and, 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 you know, I think for all of us, right, every day, especially in 2020, the right side of that success line is probably what we've been experiencing. <laughs> and what my daughter's a first year lawyer here in California, Ross, with a big firm. And what I'm noticing, thank you. And what I'm noticing with a lot of young lawyers is it's one thing to pass the bar. It's another thing to really get a grasp on what you need to do those first couple of years uh, to build your career. And so we've got a consulting service out for young lawyers to help get them over that hump those first couple of years of practice. And, uh, you know, I can answer in 60 seconds sometimes what they spend hours researching. So it's been a fun little digital uh, blend into the existing law firm, along with the virtual estate planning aspect of what we're doing, right? One thing I think we've all learned is those of us that are embracing platforms like this, live video, mm -hmm. this is the new norm. This is something that consumers want us to use. This is something that we can do in our pajamas. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you one if I'm wearing pajamas or not. <laughs> you know, but that's the other thing is there's an opportunity for all of us to type to roll out a new aspect of what we're doing, a digital virtual component of what we're doing, whatever your product or service is, give some thought this month to how you can hit 2021 running using services like StreamYard to provide a better client experience. And that's what we're doing, Ross. But I just said something, and that is somebody needs to come up with a live streaming clothing line where <laughs> the top is something like what we're both wearing and the bottom is pajamas, just shorts, and maybe a long <laughs> pair of socks, right? Yeah. 
I said the live streaming line. <laughs> you there you can go. Look like a million dollars above from the from the, uh, We're the chest We're up and from the uh, legs down. Just, you can be as relaxed as you are on Christmas morning. <laughs> just get it trademarked, you guys. Make sure you trademark it before you share the name with the world. And we'll talk about that funny story. We were in a mediation, and the judge about halfway through stopped, and he he knew all the lawyers, and he said. Uh, I'm going to give $100. I'll offer $100 right now. I'll make a donation to your favorite charity if any of you are wearing pants. All you need to do is stand up and show me your pants in the live video. None of the lawyers had pants on. <laughs> right? So there's a, there's a whole new mindset, I think, to what we're all doing and enjoying. And Ross, let me just say real quick, along with some mutual friends here in the audience, um, it's been a pleasure to watch what you've done on live video over the years. You've really been a leader in technology, a leader in sharing the best way, the best mics, the best webcams, the best approaches to use on live video in the community in general. And so for that, my friend, I wanna thank you for all that you've done. It means, it means the world to all of us. Well, thank you. That means a lot, especially coming from you, who've you're seen welcome. you've seen the development of this medium going back to yeah. Spree, is it Spreecast or Justin TV or what? Spreecast. Where did you Google Hangouts? Where did you get your your start? Uh, give us a quick overview, kind of of sure. your journey through the world of live streaming, and then the, we'll get into some business and and, and legal stuff. Absolutely. The 60-second version is going all the way back to 1996, you guys, jumping on the internet with a website for the firm. Fast forward to social media. Around 2011, Jeff Floor, who's the co-founder of StubHub before he sold, sold the company, started a company called Spreecast. He realized there's no live video in social media. Now, this is back in a 3G world. Right. And some of us had some mutual friends. We all jumped on. I was probably the first lawyer on Spreecast. And because of that, 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 Taking a risk, right? Giving myself permission to put myself out there, which wasn't easy. It allowed me to get on shows with Katie Kirk, Anderson Cooper, Peter Diamandis, Gary Vaynerchuk, a lot of people that everyone knows. And uh, in fact, the one with Katie Kirk that night, we were on TMZ. They took the Spreecast feed and put it on TMZ because of something that we talked about. That's awesome. Now, I've never been accused of being the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I remember Ross thinking to myself, wow, what, what an amazing way to meet really cool people to build your personal brand, and if I can take this concept into the law practice and answer consumers' questions and meet with them privately like we're doing right now, except this is a public show, but one-on-one. -on -one. So if you're in Northern California and you have a legal question, I'm here in Southern California, I can answer the question with you over some type of private live video platform. And we are using StreamYard to do that, along with a couple of other uh, platforms that the courts require us to use. And it's been a game changer. And I encourage everyone in 2021, embrace these platforms, incorporate them into your lives, personal and professional, and uh, and add value to your audience. That's what it's all about. And Mitch is being humble because he's had quite the guest list on. I, I mean, just thinking back of some of the interviews I've either gone back and watched or I've caught on your podcast when you've reissued them. Uh, you had Seth Godin on. Uh, mm -hmm. back when he didn't do many of these, you know, occasionally he goes through a cycle where he'll do a few, but you don't see him showing up on 
podcasts and live streams all that much. And you had him on. I'm trying to think some of the other people. Seth, David got, Meerman Scott, you had I got on? Seth to put a yellow <laughs> duck on top of his head, which was that that's my favorite part about the live video. Maybe, maybe we have to try and get him on and put the StreamYard duck on his head. There that you would, go. That I think he'll do something that. Else. F. Lee Bailey, the legendary attorney from the OJ uh, case and many other things you had on. So many great interviews over the years. So let, let's turn to now uh, doing business online as a creator, an influencer, an entrepreneur. Sure. A lot of people get started and they don't think much about it. And they're just creating content. They're having a good time. They're meeting people. They're growing their network. And all of a sudden, an opportunity comes along. And that might mean they create a show. It might mean they start working with brands or they start putting some merch in, in, on their website. And now they haven't really given much thought to the structure of a business or what they need to do to protect themselves. What, what do you advise people who are online doing business, whether they're getting started or they've been doing it for a while and they haven't addressed those issues? Sure. That's a great question, Ross. And let me also say we're getting a lot of questions over in the comments, mm -hmm. which I love. I love to do Q&A. And if I don't answer your question, you guys, during the live video, reach out to me privately at streaming.lawyer, and I'd be more than happy to answer your question. It's my pleasure. And if pleasure. you're okay with it, we'll leave some time uh, yeah, later absolutely. in the discussion. We'll just do, we'll do some Q&A. Absolutely. You know, I love this stuff. So it's interesting how once you start uh, building out your brand using live video, things start happening quickly, right? Because we're not just dealing with a local audience. We're dealing with a global audience 24-7. And what I've seen happen is somebody has an idea. They go online. They start talking about their product or service before they've set up their company, their corporation, their limited liability company, and things explode, right? Things in a good way. Hmm. Um, at some point, you want to take a step back. And I've helped hundreds of companies start up. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've noticed, you guys, is when it comes to successful companies, there's two things that every single company had going for it without exception. The companies that were not successful did not have these things going for them. Number one, you've got to get a good lawyer in your state. I'm not that lawyer. I'm not here to do that. But contact and, and create a relationship with a good lawyer in your state to help walk you through what we're going to be talking about. And number two, have a good accountant or CPA to help make sure you're minimizing your tax liability and maximizing your expenses and business write-offs. To do that, if you're doing business as a corporation or a limited liability company, depending on where you're located, what products and services you're selling, what state and federal rules and regulations apply, that's what you want to do first. Before you buy that car, that boat, before you spend a lot of money doing <laughs> other things, get set up as a business entity, run your business like a business entity, and you'll be protecting your personal assets from your business liabilities. You'll be maximizing your tax deductions, and you'll be able to create other retirement benefit-related tax write-offs uh, by doing business that way. So my answer, the, the long answer to your short question, Ross, is as soon as you can, talk to an expert and figure out what type of business entity should you form and start doing business. So when you go live, you know, it's, hey, everyone, welcome to my live video show today. This is Mitch Jackson on behalf of the streaming.lawyer. Let's get started. I just told the right. world that this is a corporate business mm -hmm. broadcast, okay? It only took a couple of words, but that helps protect you from claims and litigation. That's, that's great advice. Um, hey, a lot of, it's, it's a lot more beneficial uh, in protecting yourself than doing it as a sole proprietor and having everything come through your... <laughs> 
the same tax, uh, the same tax well, form, right? Yeah. What a lot of people don't realize is before the internet, as we know it, before social media, the average sole proprietor, the average small business owner was sued three times during his or her career. Okay. Wow. I think that number is going to be about uh, five to six times greater because of social media, because it's so easy to start a business. It's so easy to put yourself out there and say things that you shouldn't be saying. Okay. To have guests on your show that you find out maybe I shouldn't have had that person on my show. Maybe he or she said something that's exposing me to liability. And so actually, I think that number is going to be a lot greater, Ross. So it's important that we, you know, we, we put on our business hats. We have fun like we are right now. But also understand that if you're doing business, let's do business the right way. And there are right. a lot of good lawyers across the country that can help you guys do everything we talked about. Okay, so one of the things that's probably like the least sexy topic, but I think it needs to be discussed, and that is disclaimers, whether it's on your Ooh. website, whether it's in your YouTube description. You have made the disclaimer one of the cooler things, I think, when you say, I'm a lawyer, but I'm not your yeah. lawyer, so this right. isn't legal advice. Or, you know, I I, I forget the the exact wording, but you yeah. always made sure when some some issue that touched upon the law came up, you made sure to make that clear. For sure. live streamers who aren't attorneys, what do we need to put on our website? What do we need to put, either say in our broadcast or put in our our, our YouTube description or Facebook description or, or other places where we go live to make sure that there are no misunderstandings or to protect ourselves against against lawsuits. So important, right? It's so important to use disclaimers and waivers. What I would do is maybe go to LegalZoom or Rocket Lawyer and create a template disclaimer and waiver. There are templates mm -hmm. out there that you can use. Fine tune it so that it works for your business. Then when you go live, what you can do is you can say, listen, the conversation we're going to have today, and I don't do this all the time, Ross, because mm -hmm. most of the time it's not about a legal issue. Right. Okay. We're just having fun talking about a hobby or a passion or an interest. But when we do dive down and I'm giving legal advice, you know, I'll say something like, uh, although I am a California lawyer, I'm not your lawyer. No legal advice is being given. Everything we talk about subject to the disclaimer link right here and prominently displayed in the blog post and at our website. Let's get started. And then I can move forward. Everyone watching can do the same thing. Once you get your disclaimer set up, then refer to it at the beginning of the show. My link's below you guys. Here's the disclaimer. If you don't agree with that, then don't participate. All right, let's get started. You can have fun with it. And then I would suggest every 10 or 15 minutes throughout the course of the live video because people join late people aren't around during that initial disclaimer, maybe bring it up again casually in just a quick sentence. Before I let Ross answer this next question, remember everyone, he's not giving legal advice. All disclaimers and waivers apply. Ross, share your magic. Answer the question for my audience. So you can have fun with it, but just keep referring to it throughout the course of your show, just like you want to refer to the topic of your show as the show progresses so that people joining late know what you're talking about mm -hmm. now when you have guests on do you do guest agreements or guest waivers or what do you what do you recommend on that i know coming from a radio background <laughs> let's yeah. just get the person to the phone get them on the show sure they're newsmakers we're a big company we're we're not worried about anything this is a different story because this is generally your live streaming is if not your business. It's really a part of a larger business. It's a part of a larger 
way that you're promoting yourself online. You're not working for somebody else. Often you're working for yourself. But even if you are, you want to protect your employer or whomever you're going live on behalf of. What do you recommend as far as uh, guest waivers, disclaimers, what what have you? I I don't know the exact terminology. Release. I think you hear in the in the sure. movie business and the in, in in the TV business they use a lot. So I would once again, you know, create a guest waiver, a, uh, a a guest appearance contract. It doesn't really matter what you call it. It's what's in the document that controls. And what you want to do is if you've got somebody on that uh, you're not sure what he or she's going to say, you're not really sure if it's going to create any liability for your company, it would be a smart idea to use this written contract. And that's what it is. Uh, DocuSign it over to your guests before the show, maybe a few days before the show, have them digitally sign the document, comply with all state laws, the laws are different in each state. And then you're protected if something happens during the show. For example, what if during the show, I bring up and put into this image right here something that's copyright protected, something that uh, music or a picture or video that Ross wasn't aware of or StreamYard's not aware of, and for some reason it creates liability, not only for me, but for Ross and StreamYard. Mm. What are the relationships between the parties? How can Ross and StreamYard protect themselves from something stupid that I did? or something silly and inadvertent that I did that causes liability. They can do that through written contracts, through waivers, through through agreements. Once again, Ross and StreamYard can do the same thing between the two of them. If Ross brings a guest on in good faith and something happens during the show that creates liability, then StreamYard will agree to indemnify and reimburse Ross for any claims, liabilities, or damages, or vice versa. So you can have contracts flowing between all the participants in a live video. Bridget, who's a guest, I believe she's visiting us from Australia, if I'm not mistaken, um, does this very well. I don't do this all the time on my casual conversations, Ross. I treat I treat live video almost like just a friendly phone call and I'm comfortable with doing that. But I will tell you if I've got a sensitive topic or issue that we're discussing, I'll absolutely use a written waiver and release, okay? Because I wanna make sure that the content that we're using here, I can repurpose and use later on, on my platforms. Uh, I can use as a trial exhibit if I want to. I can use it for any and all purposes. So you can make your waiver as broad as you'd like or as narrow and simple as you'd like. Just make sure it complies with the laws of your state. When you go live, now we're going live generally using other people's tools on other people's platforms. Very few people are going live with their own build onto their own website that they own, that they manage the server. So we, we have to navigate through a lot of uh, different things. Do we own our material when we go live on Facebook uh, through StreamYard, what have you? Do we own that and... Does the Great guest question. have or have not a claim on any of that? I've had a couple of occasions, sure. very rarely, where somebody said, hey, could you take this down or could you change the title? I don't want my company. And if if this was, you know, if I were a media company alone, I would I would maybe not do it. But in this case, it's about building relationships and it's about, right. I wouldn't want to do anything that hurts anybody's business. So 
of course, if I can cut something out, if somebody said something embarrassing, this happens like once every several hundred live streams, right? This right, is not right. something, this has happened to me like two or three times over the years. But the answer is I could say no, right? I own the content if I'm the host and invite someone on. Is that an assumption or do I need some sort of agreement that lays that out <laughs> so it depends on the platform it, it mm -hmm. could be an assumption because each platform is different you want to look at the terms of service the tos agreement of each platform if you're right. uploading content into facebook or youtube or instagram look at the tos which terms of service agreement which mm -hmm. oftentimes does change over time and see what what that tos says about who owns who has the rights to distribute distribute who has the rights to license any content that's that's included into the platform that's the where we normally will start that's mm -hmm. what dictates who has ownership use and licensing distribution rights okay so if you're a, so so ross actually the tos may say you don't right. have the right to do what you want to do with the content that you create now having said that uh, if you have a separate agreement between you and your guest or you and a company that you're supporting, mm -hmm. then as long as it is congruent with the TOS agreement, you're probably not going to have any problems. I think, Ross, the big problem that I see is people going on a live video and not really thinking about if a BMW is in the background or if there's music playing, you're doing karaoke back in the day when live stream first popped mm -hmm. out Periscope, everyone's at the karaoke bars, karaoke. What you're doing is you're transmitting copyrighted material without permission of the creator or owner of that material. And that's a big no, no, that's a copyright violation. There are some exceptions under the fair use doctrine, but you don't want to go there because when you're arguing fair use in court, usually the better lawyer wins. And <laughs> even if you're right, it can cost you a lot of money to prove that you're right. But what I see is inadvertent mistakes that create liability. I had a case a few years ago where a well-known uh, live streamer went on and for about 20 minutes, uh, truthfully, shared with the rest of the world some concerns that this person had about somebody else. And a couple of weeks later, it resulted in a $5 million lawsuit being brought against uh, the person that went live and shared his thoughts about somebody else. We got to be careful about what we say about other people. And even though it was a $5 million lawsuit and what he said was truthful, in other words, truth is mm -hmm. a defense, it took us about a year to make that $5 million lawsuit go away. And the client walked away without having to pay anything in damages, but you don't want to put yourself in that position in the first place. Mm -hmm. So think about live video and your live video experiences as, you know, have fun, be honest, mm -hmm. be truthful, um, try to add value and respect the, the TOS agreements of the platforms that you are live streaming or pushing your live stream to. It's pretty complicated stuff. So I wouldn't right. assume anything. Any other fundamentals, basic things that you have to deal with over and over and over again that the good people in the chat could maybe take care of tonight or this week or this month and and save themselves a lot of uh, headache and heartache? I think so. I think so. And, and it's not as much legal mm -hmm. as it is maybe production quality. And what I mean mm -hmm. by that, what I've noticed, uh, especially this past year with COVID, is a lot of all of us are now mm -hmm. on live video, right? And um, it's one thing to click and go live. It's another thing to click and go live and be effective 
with your live stream, to be able to storytell, to be able to not only share a story like we do in core, that's the way I win my cases, is telling an effective story that's relevant to my audience. But it's more than that, because if all I'm doing during a live video or in court is sharing a story, all I'm doing is entertaining. Mm -hmm. And normally what I want to do is I want to empower my audience to take that next step. I want to persuade them, whether they realize it or not, to take that next step and give my client the results that my client's entitled to. The same thing applies on live video. When we're creating live videos, let's plan ahead a little bit. Right. Let's tell stories in a way that empowers our audience to take that next step. And in every good story, there are three critical components. Would you like me to go through those critical components with you quickly? You're such a pro, Mitch. I actually I mean, asked that question so that we could move right into those, okay. those All right. tips. So this is beautiful so, because so, I've, been, I've been looking forward to hearing this. You guys, one of the things I like about this book right here, okay, and I tried to twist Ross's arm to, to contribute a chapter <laughs> in this book, but we couldn't work out the contract, <laughs> and I respect you for that. Um, but here's the thing, you guys. The third part of this book is all about communicating on social media. It's my favorite part of the book because I think it's the it's where a lot of people drop the ball. Using your hands, being animated, looking at the webcam. One of my contributing authors was, is a friend of mine named Carmine Gallo. Carmine Gallo wrote the book Talk Like Ted. He interviewed mm -hmm. 200 of the top TED speakers. What makes them so special? How can they communicate so much better than everyone else? And frankly, I think everybody on TED is great, right? What Carmine wrote for social media for this book was you want to break down what you're saying into three different components. Number one, whether you like it or not, you've got to be entertaining. You've got mm -hmm. to add some type of entertainment value to what you're doing. Now, maybe it's what you're wearing. Maybe it's your animated hand movements. Right. Uh, maybe it's what's in your background. Maybe it's me going out on a paddleboard, you know, a paddleboard in the harbor or doing a run and shooting a live video while I'm doing that. You want to somehow be entertaining in a way that's appropriate to your message. If I'm talking about a serious wrongful death case, I don't want to be entertaining about it. What I want to do is add a quality right. content. Number two, you want to create content in a way that's unique and complements who you are, how you come across. What are you good at? What are you not good at? And create content that's unique to you. And number three, create content in a way where it's memorable. It can be shareable. It can be repurposed easily by your audience. They're going to remember the sound bites. Mm. In the comments, my disclaimer, I am a California lawyer, but I'm not your lawyer. Actually, it's, <laughs> I am a California lawyer and a pretty good lawyer at that, but I'm not your lawyer. No legal advice. <laughs> People are actually commenting about having heard that before. I picked that up from a Harvard professor listening to his podcast eight years ago and incorporated it into what you know I'm doing because I think it's right. smart, right? So if you take those three components, be entertaining when it's appropriate to do so, number two, uh, be unique, and number three, create memorable and shareable content, Ross, I think that's what people need to focus on moving forward in 2021. And with everything happening in the world, the other, the other caveat to all of that is allow yourself to be flexible. Hmm. What I've noticed, is there's so many things happening so quickly. If you have these long-term content calendars, oftentimes after a couple of weeks, it's not gonna be relevant content to what's going on in the world. Right. And by far, what I found to be the most valuable content that I've created and shared on, on, on uh, social media and live video is content that talks about real 
world real-time issues. What's happening today? What happened last weekend? What, what do I think is going to happen next week? And I create content on the fly about those topics. And I think regardless of your products or services, if you do that, that's what people are looking for. They want to dive a little bit deeper into what they just heard on the news the night before, or they heard Ross on, on, on StreamYard talking about with respect to the new longer videos. Everyone here should be creating content, if you're a content creator, on how excited you are that there's going to be longer videos available in the StreamYard platform. Why is that important? How does that affect the algorithms on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram? There are stories here that people are going to be searching for. And I think once you do that, my content calendar is two weeks out, Ross, just right. like Uber. Uber, they limit it to two weeks and they're done because they don't know what's going to happen. My content calendar is the same. And, and so for me, moving forward, that's another thing I take into consideration. So you would say that some of your best performing talent in terms of building relationships, getting clients, getting access to new audiences where then you can do business eventually um, comes from staying focused on what's going on in the world and what conversations people are having and then bringing your own expertise to that Bingo. area. Beautiful. Uh, you said it better. That you said it better and shorter than I did. But that's absolutely. Well, I learned it from you. So and I there's one other thing. And there's one other thing that there uh, was a term people used to use that I don't hear anymore. But there was a term for that. Do you still use that term? Well, or? newsjacking, I yeah. think, is what you're referring to. But that's a different animal. So newsjacking, okay. you guys. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. And by the way, you guys, Nancy Merlin, who's in the audience, wrote two chapters for the book. So thank you for that, Nancy. Um, Twitter and uh, voice, which is huge right now. So this mm -hmm. book's a couple years old, but it's never been more relevant. Newsjacking, you guys, is what's gotten me on stage at Tony Robbins with David Merriman Scott. It's such a powerful tool. And that is when breaking news happens in an area, an industry, a profession, a business, a hobby, an interest that you have that you can comment on, if you can comment on that breaking news while it's happening and share a unique perspective the right way, it will allow you to be picked up by reporters and interviewed by reporters and have your live stream. In other words, you jump on StreamYard when something happens and you share 30 minutes of this is what just went down. This is why I think it's important. This is what you need to know moving forward. Reporters are looking at Twitter. They're looking for information that they can use on these breaking stories. And that's been one of the most powerful tools that we've ever used but you have to be fast and you have to put yourself out there. And live video is a great way to do it, especially if you can share the links on Twitter because that's where the reporters are looking. Talking about real-time news is a little bit different, Ross. It's not right. as immediate. It's like something happened last weekend in an NFL game that right. people are talking about. And you know what? I want to go ahead and create some content around that when I have time. Uh, that I think will share a unique perspective. So one's fast and immediate, and the other one is more calculated, relaxing, and frankly, a little bit more fun right. because you can reach out to guests and bring them on. You know, one of the things we did is I had uh, uh, Chris Gronkowski, uh, Gronkowski's older brother, who played at University of Arizona. He played for the Cowboys, the Broncos, and uh, the Colts. And we brought him on and did a live video with Chris for two reasons. Number one, all the NFL players are going down with injuries. This mm -hmm. has been crazy this season. And That's I wanted right. to talk to Chris a little bit about work comp cases in the NFL. Number two, he's got a new product out called the Ice Shaker. 
And it's a it's a it's an awesome mug that allows you to keep your beverages cold up to 30 minutes when you're working out protein drinks and things like this. There wasn't anything immediate about what we needed to talk about, but I knew I could get Chris on the show because of the work comp NFL cases and also about his new product that he wants to have a little bright light shine down between now and the end of, of December. And I think when you guys do this and have fun, you can bring on big guests. They're bringing in their audience to the show. And, you know, having, you know, Tom Brady and Gronkowski, uh, the Gronk, tweet out your show, that, that doesn't hurt when you're looking oh, for that's eyeballs. that's pretty cool. Right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you, can you stick around for a few more minutes? Absolutely. I love this. Absolutely. Okay. So I, there were some questions that came in early on. If you have a question now from Mitch, just start it out with Q and ask your question. And we'll take as many as we can get in the time that we have left. Um, Sonia had a question that I wanted to bring in here. Uh, it's, it's a little bit contract related. She says, I see coaches complain about clients who cancel the session and not pay, et cetera. What's the best way to mention a coaching agreement to them? Yeah. So you want to have an agreement in writing, uh, that you can use with all of your clients. It kind of dictates what the terms and conditions, what the relationship is, uh, Nita, between you and your clients. And, um, the other thing is you want to balance somebody for whatever reason, especially in 2020, there's a lot going on with COVID and people losing their jobs and our lives are turned upside down with, uh, you know, do you want to play hardball and get paid for that contract? Or do you want to be a little bit more understanding if you can, and try to nurture the relationship maybe to 2021, right? Um, so, you know, a breach of contract case is fairly straightforward. If there's a contract, the question is, even if you're successful, are you going to prevail on that contract? Is the other side able to pay you for that contract? And what we've been doing is when this happens, what we've been doing is renegotiating the relationship to the latter part of 2021. In other words, you had a client in the first place because they liked you. They wanted you to coach them up. Let's go ahead and roll this over to November, October, November of 2021. We'll be past COVID. Everyone's going to be back on their feet. And maybe that's a good time to re rekindle the relationship. That's a great answer. Tom asks, he just bought your book while watching. <laughs> Congratulations. Nice. A sale nice. right here. Thank he you, says, Tom. says, it was published in 2018. Are you planning an update? So I'm not planning an update. I'm a full-time trial lawyer, but Tom, the good news is, and I, and I mean this I'm from my heart, it's more relevant today than it's ever been. Uh, it's everything in that book is up to date. Uh, the authors, the experts in that book share value. And we, we purposefully did so in a way so that it would have uh, a long-term value. Once again, the first part of the book, you guys, is all about having the right mindset on social media. It's about having a giving mentality. Give, 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 and then give some more. The second chapter on purpose was written by Bob Berg, co-author of the Go-Giver series of books. Right. If you guys know Bob, he's all about the Go-Giver. And I wanted Bob to write that chapter because that sets the tone for everything else. You guys see Ross giving and giving every single week on live video. That builds relationships. It builds trust. The second part of the book is simply understanding the different personalities of the platforms. Those haven't changed over the last couple right. of years. Okay. The third part of the book is how to communicate. Some of the tips we share are 20 years old, 50 years old, 100 years old, because they work. And those tips that work offline that Dale Carnegie wrote about in his 1937 book, 
how to make friends and how to win friends and influence people, something like that. Those approaches work 10 times as well on right. social media. So Tom, um, I will tell you, we don't have an update coming, but what you do have is my name, my number, and my email. And if you have any questions, I'm just a click away. I think what's great about the book, and this is kind of a higher level than what a lot of what you see online is, it's not really about beating an algorithm this week. That's going to change. Mm -hmm. It's about the fundamentals for success. If you're doing the things that are in the book, you can easily adapt to a change in Twitter's algorithm or a new story feature on Pinterest or whatever the latest thing is. Uh, but if you understand how to engage with people and how to create content and how to interact and when's the right time to change the relationship and so forth, uh, those Good things point. are, uh, they never go out of style. It's like teaching the, the basics of broadcasting versus teaching how to get the most views next week on Facebook, right? If you have the Absolutely. principles, you can always find the, the other stuff by trial and error, because even the experts were always doing trial and error. And I'm not saying I'm an expert, but when it comes to social media, we're always doing trial and error because it's always changing. Just when you think you've figured out, okay, this post is what works or this piece of content, but it's, it's kind of like the mindset behind that, right? <laughs> yeah, you're so true. And, and, you know, we represent a lot of big influencers uh, when it comes to brand ambassador agreements and things like this. And I will tell you right now, it's really hard for everyone to get their voice heard right now. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot going on in the world and, and it's hard to grab the time and attention even for some of the larger influencers. Tom, the only thing that's not in the book is TikTok. It wasn't around as we know it when the book came out, but I will tell you uh, that everything that Ross just said, it applies to TikTok. You know, it's all about starting off fast and immediately capturing someone's attention whether it's with a quote, a statistic, with you know something where you're 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 teasing the audience a little bit on what you're going to be providing, that works really well on TikTok. Right. Uh, and um, I think all the approaches work equally well on most of the Instagram Live and Instagram Reels and other Instagram platforms too. So you take these principles, like Ross said, you look at how these platforms are adapting. You look at how our culture and society, their time and attention. Right. issues right now and how can you wrap all of this into something that people are going to want to pay attention to digest read engage with you and then share with their family friends and business associates uh, this is an exciting time and we're just getting started with we're just getting started with live video it's never been easier because of platforms like this and i encourage right. everybody you know give yourself permission to prepare to practice a little bit and then push the go live button and enjoy the journey. Do you recommend with short, very short form video, like TikTok style, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, that kind of stuff. Do you feel it's okay to share the same one across all the platforms or do you create different uh, short videos for each of the platforms? So the correct answer I should give you is to create content specifically for each platform, right? I get that. Each platform has its own personality. But having said that, some content you can purposefully and intentionally create that will be acceptable and usable on multiple platforms. And so when we use um, platforms like Agora Pulse to help mm -hmm. distribute our content, when we use platforms like Lately 
to try to uh, create content. I'll upload our video Ross. Mm -hmm. I'll download the video to my hard drive. I'll upload it into Lately, and then Lately will auto-generate 50 to 125 short 30-second social media posts from this show, for example, that I can then tweak and fine-tune or have my team do that, that we can then click and send out. You're it's, kidding. It's, You're no, kidding. I'm not. And, and I'm going to have the, the founder on next week on one of my live streaming shows using StreamYard. And these are and like usable senses and bites amazing. and stuff? It's, it's so it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's one of these things, you guys, where they're, the way they describe it is it'll get you to third base, you know, and then you need to bring it home. So right. you'll have 50 to 125 potential social media posts. You go in, you clean up a few things. Uh, some of them are duplicate, like you're kind of saying the same thing two or three times in two or three minutes. So you don't need to do that two or three times when you share that on social media. You clean it up and then right. you click and it cues it out either pursuant to your schedule or uh, the AI schedule based upon its review and its analysis of your social media. Does it platforms. provide you with a transcription of the entire yes. broadcast? So when I did an interview on StreamYard of Haben Gurma, who was the first deafblind graduate of, of Harvard Law School, and she's a friend of mine, what we did, and think about this for a second, we wanted to focus on the American Disabilities Act requirements, as we all should, which means when I shared that post at streaming.lawyer, just type in Haben, H-A-B-E-N, to see what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. What happened is we took the video, we then downloaded the video and shared it across all of our platforms from StreamYard. We then right. uploaded the video into Lately and had Lately rip a transcript from that video that we turned into a blog post. And then we also took the audio, turned it into a podcast. We uploaded that podcast into Lately and had it distributed across and Agora Pulse and had both of those platforms distribute across social media platforms. I had, when that popped, when we initially did that after the fact, in other words, we were repurposing the content, I happened to have been in a two-day long Zoom mediation. <laughs> All of a sudden, my phone and my inboxes are lighting up. Great show. This is awesome <laughs> podcast. What an amazing guest. I'm in a mediation working. The lawyer private messages me from the insurance defense company. Mm -hmm. He messages me, Mitch, how did you get that out? I'm following you on social because we're just like you guys. When we're in the Zoom, we've got other tabs opened up. Right, right. And while there's a long-winded lawyer wasting all of our times with an argument, we're checking our email, our text messages, our social media posts. He's texting me, how in the world did you get that content out while we're in this Zoom mediation? Right? And I called him later that night and said, I did it, you know, the Sunday night before. Right. Uh, so use technology in a way where it's not taking the place of your human interaction with your audience, but it's leveraging your humanness with the content that you're trying to share with the world. And I think that's, that's a nice balance to take. Well, it's a phenomenal tool. It sounds like a phenomenal tool. I can't wait to yeah, check it, it out. Is, it is. And, cool. and Mitch on the streaming.lawyer website has a tab that's called brand ambassador. And if you look down that, you can see all the tools that Mitch recommends mm -hmm. and have use. used a yeah. lot of tools over the years. I know there's some good things on, on that list. So that's one place to go to check out. And some of those, I think, may get you a deal too if you use his mm -hmm. his link so check that out a couple of quick hitters i think these are quick questions sure. you never we'll keep know it quick. we'll keep it quick um uh joe cardoso asks music for streaming copyright free only or is there a workaround 
So you need to go to sites that will provide you with a, uh, a limited or exclusive or global license mm -hmm. uh, before you start using other people's music unless you've got their express written permission or permission of the person or company that has licensing rights. I went to a, a, stock, a stock photo company that I use where I can buy ahead of time, you know, $70, $50, and I get like, you know, 100 downloads that I can use across sure. forever, right? And they're very high quality. So like I can download video, audio. Anyway, they just added audio. And I thought, oh, yes, this is going to be awesome. And I'm listening to the music. And, you know, they've got the... Uh, what do you call that? The, the water, the, the, the audio watermark where sure. somebody comes in and says the name of the company every 30 seconds, 10 seconds, whatever. They were $39 a song or something like that. I was like, ah, oh, that yeah. ain't going to work unless I find the song. That's yeah, going to be my opener for a while. If I'm just trying to mess around and have fresh music, that is that is a little rich for my blood. So 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 I picked up on some mutual friends of ours that recommended a service. If you go to streaming.lawyer mm -hmm. forward slash brands, you'll see down towards the bottom. It's a music service. I pay $15 a month. It allows me to grab the video that I use in some of my YouTube videos. And then mm -hmm. I can also repurpose it across my other social platforms. $15 a month. I don't have to worry about, you know, lawsuits and it's great content. It's amazing content. Um, that's what I like to use. Hey, Tristan from the UK. It's good to see you. We have someone ask a question. I can't see it, Ross, but Chris Rossetti about jury selection. Is that what you're no, thinking? It had no? to do. Okay. Well, we can get to that, but just social real quick. media, the social media impact jury selection, get Chris's question in real quick. Oh, absolutely. It affects everything we do. In fact, the last time I was on a show with Gary Vaynerchuk, we were talking about, and I was sharing with Gary, I said, my, my opening statements, the way I do opening statement where it used to be an hour or two long. And by the way, you guys, you can win or lose your cases with your opening right. statement, with jury selection and with your opening statements. Um, they're now down to like, they're like a Ted talk, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes max. Wow. The time and attention, especially if I have a younger jury panel, I want to talk in Twitter terms, everything short, quick uh, and to the point. I don't want to waste their time and I want to build credibility and bond with them and build rapport and become the leader in the courtroom. So yes, everything that we do revolves around how people are digesting and interpreting content in today's world. I will also say, Ross, we've won some big cases by putting a witness on the stand having him or her deny ever saying certain things or doing certain things. And then of course, once they're done under oath, getting the jury to believe them that they would never do something like that. I'll then put up on the screen, their Facebook post that obviously right, states right. everything that they just told the jury they would never do. Of course I planned ahead and it's all right there. So you want to be careful with what you put on social media because it can come back and bite you in the butt. If you're not careful, all I was going to say is there was a question here that had sure, to do with if you're, I think it was from the UK. If you're, can somebody use your video on their live stream without your permission? And the answer is probably not. If it's your video and you created it, then you have copyrights to that video. And unless you've sold your rights to that video or you've uploaded it to one of the sites that, that Ross referenced earlier where people can actually go and, and, and grab video, um, no, people can't use your content without your permission. So send a short cease and desist letter, email, text. I think the best letters are FedEx, next day delivery using snail mail. 
If you can have a lawyer do it, that's even more effective because we write really good, scary letters. And uh, that usually solves about 90% of the problems. And then for the 10% where that doesn't fix the problem because you're dealing with somebody that doesn't have a good grasp of reality, then you need to decide, do I want to really push this issue? I will tell you with a lot of my clients, when they see their content being shared on social media, sometimes we'll take a step back and, and, and do a mindset shift and just, this you know what? good for you. <laughs> if they want to share this out there and it's great content and they're not doing it in a derogatory way, uh, let's go ahead and just let them do it. And let's, let's fight the battles that are worth fighting and let's embrace this new technology, this new approach to doing business in a way that works for everybody. Well, the website is streaming.lawyer. Very simple to remember, very true. It's who he is. He is the streaming.lawyer. He's a streaming lawyer. He's a lot more than that, an author, uh, multiple businesses. Tell everybody again, Mitch, before uh, you take off, how people can get in touch with you beyond the streaming.lawyer website and what sure. services you're offering to the general public in addition to your trial lawyer services. Well, Ross, thanks for having me on. Thanks, everyone, for the great questions. I, I really enjoy this stuff. This is made, for me, it's made practicing law fun again. And uh, and so that's why I'm here. Everything you guys need, if you guys want to connect with me, streaming.lawyer is the easiest place. Our law firm here in California is jacksonandwilson.com. But otherwise, go to streaming.lawyer and uh, let's do the digital dance together. I'm looking forward to it in 2021. Well, congratulations on what's been an amazing career, not only in and out of the courtroom on the on the legal side, but now as a live streamer and digital creator and, and thought leader in the space. It's, uh, it's an honor to have you on and look forward to uh, continuing the conversation in future, uh, future live so. streams and, and offline as well. Pleasure's all mine, Ross. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. That's Mitch Jackson from Streaming.Lawyer. Thank you so much, Mitch. We do have some video clips to get to. Uh, we've got a couple for the remix. Last week, we had Laura Davidson from Shuron. We talked about the MV7, which is a USB microphone that is much like this dynamic microphone, uh, but it is also a USB microphone. But she also talked about a microphone that's popular for mobile video. This is the MV88 Plus. It is not wireless. It does require a cable. A lot of people are like, oh, cool, it's wireless. No, it's not. Um, but this is a stereo condenser mic. So if I take off the windscreen, you can see it's got one side there, the front and the other side there, right, right. marked with the left and right. And this one is great for a number of different applications because using the Motive app that you were asking about before, Ross, you can control the polar pattern of the mic. So I can change from stereo where it's wide open, picking up a beautiful stereo image to monocardioid, which is great for podcasting. Um, or, you know, if you're doing a vlog, you can hold it just right in front of you. It only picks up what's coming in directly to the front of the mic, rejects what's coming in the back. Uh, and you can put it in mono bi-directional mode, which turns off, it's a mouthful, but it turns off the front <laughs> and lets you be on one side and your other source on the other. That's Laura Davidson from Sure, last week's guest. And of course, you can catch that full episode on the StreamYard Facebook page or YouTube channel. We also talked about last week about how people are using StreamYard within the TV industry and how they're looking at StreamYard as a great option for doing different kinds of productions. So I did a YouTube short and I asked the question, 
Is it StreamYard or is it Network TV? So that's the Today Show, and that's StreamYard. Today Show, StreamYard. Today Show, StreamYard. Not bad. So uh, she's, she's come in front of the camera. She's doing her own cooking show, sharing her recipes and passions and humor. And like I said, doing multiple camera angles, bringing in the remote guests. Recently on the Today Show, and she had the viral video. This is where things are going, and TV people are becoming interested in what content's being created on StreamYard, and they're also interested in using StreamYard for their own shows. All right, so speaking of shows, we've got a bunch of shows here on StreamYard. Also, uh, before I get to those shows, we talked about the town hall earlier. I I played a few clips. If you'd like to see that whole video, you can find it on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash LivestreamUniverse, the LivestreamUniverse YouTube channel. It has both highlights and bloopers from the first 100 episodes. It's about four minutes, three to four minutes long, I believe. It's, uh, I think it's a fun video, so if you want to check that out, that's over there. Our other shows, of course, we have the Town Hall every Sunday night, episode 101, coming up this Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern across social media, including Facebook and YouTube. Daniel Glickman, the head of growth for StreamYard, goes live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, to talk about gear and tech. Uh, it's the StreamYard Tech Talk Show. He has great guests on. Two Cents with Bents, Dana Bents, every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on her YouTube channel. Of course, you want to come back here every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, StreamYard Connect. We've got an awesome guest next week. Stefan Kaplan is joining us. Stefan is a award-winning photographer, and we're going to get into talking about how you can use some basic photography skills that he helps people with in order to really energize your social media, in order to have great profile pics and great banner pictures and, and fill your Instagram with good pictures. How can the average person learn to get better at photography to enhance their social? This is going to be a fun topic, one that I know I need uh, and I can't, I, I can't imagine that there aren't other people as well that that want to get into that. So that's coming up next week. And don't forget Thursdays, it's Dana and Kelsey with StreamYard Spotlight, where they interview you, the StreamYard user. You're doing things that you want to talk about with StreamYard, how you're using it for your business, your brand, what kind of content you're creating. You can message uh, StreamYard. You can send them an email. And you may end up being on the show with Dana and Kelsey. That's every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern StreamYard Spotlight on the StreamYard Facebook channel. And I believe it's on the YouTube channel as well. And so that brings us to the end of another episode. Again, my big thanks to Mitch Jackson. What a wonderful guest. We talked all about legal issues, how to communicate effectively online telling stories and so many different areas he's an author he's got several new business ventures that you'll want to check out streaming.lawyer and of course if you haven't yet subscribed to StreamYard if you're not yet using the platform get started livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard have a great day everybody thanks so much for being here